We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited. Welcome into the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Draft, the only app offering daily fantasy snake drafts. It's Friday, January 6th, 2016. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken Kreitz. All aboard! You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. Of course, this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, and directly on the Rotowire website itself. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. We had breaking news yesterday, a nice little Woj bomb. I feel like it's been too long since we've had one of those, Ken. Your boy, it's Kyle Korver. season Corbin. of Woj. 
Yeah, your boy Kyle Korver dealt to the Cavs for Dunleavy, protected first-round pick. Korver, somebody you've been talking about for a couple of years now, Ken. What do you think of this trade? Well, hey, if you're Kyle Korver, how excited are you? <laughs> Suddenly you're, you know, you're probably fitting yourself. For, you're like, what's my ring size? Um, you know, boy, talk about the dream opportunity of just a ton of open threes. Uh, great for Korver. I, I, you know, he'll get a slight lift. Uh, well, you know, with J.R. Smith's out till April, so he's probably going to get a bump in minutes. Actually, I thought it was smart of Atlanta when they had benched Korver a few weeks ago. He was doing a lot better playing against backups than when he was in the starting lineup. Um, but, boy, is he going to be facing a lot of open threes. Perfect. And, uh, you know, we'll see how much defense he can play or how much the rest of the team can make up for his lack of defense. But, uh, yeah, if you're the Cavs, what the heck? Win now, right? Yeah, no, that that definitely seems to be the case. Let me just go a little more detail about the trade itself, and then, Shannon, I'll ask you about the fantasy implications of this. Um, deal hasn't quite gone through yet. Um both teams are trying to get a third party in to move Mike Dunleavy to. If they're unable to get a third party, then the Hawks have said that they're willing to keep him. Um, so we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that. Of course, wing players are in desperate need across the NBA, so you'd think a third party could step up. Um, another part of the Woj bomb was that Paul Millsap is on deck. So it seems like Atlanta might be clearing house to a certain extent. But Shannon, let's first talk about Kyle Korver moving to Cleveland. In terms of fantasy, how do you view this trade? I I don't see it changing Korver's value much one way or the other. I mean, currently he, he's been what he's always been this season, right? He, he's He's been launching a bunch of three-pointers and not doing much else. The difference is the last few years he shot 45, 47, 49% from downtown. This year he's only shooting 40%. You know, I I don't but see how, But how much more wide open is he going to be now? You know, I mean, that, the, the uncontestedness of his shots, I believe, got to improve his percentage. That, that will certainly help, but I, I still don't see his role really expanding. Is he going to play 28 to 30 minutes for Cleveland? Maybe he might only play 20 to 25. It, it's similar to the Channing Fry um, acquisition last year. It, it gives him an additional threat. Um, it helps with the floor spacing, but Channing Fry didn't see a huge bump in production once he went to Cleveland. The only time he was worthwhile was when he was a spot, sp- spot starter at times if Kevin Love sat out. I see something similar with Corver. Um, basically, he'll he'll continue to do what he did in Atlanta last year and this year, which is hit a couple three pointers per game. Give you and and that's the only fancy value he has. I'm not so. I, go ahead, Ken. Well, I was going to say I, I I saw somewhere I think it was the score were saying, hey, Kent Bazemore is really gonna, you know, uh, skyrocket now. And I was like, yeah, I guess he gets some more minutes. I mean, well, obviously, if Millsap moves, he'll get a ton, but. Uh, I thought interesting last night, no Corver, Baysmore, uh, 21 minutes, one for four, field goal shooting. <laughs> just another, just an egg. Yeah, Baysmore really runs hot and cold, and his minutes are, are pretty much determined on, on how well he's shooting that night. Um, but I do think it's going to open up more minutes for him. He's only seeing 27 minutes per game right now. He was at he was at almost 28 last year, so a slight, slight dip this season. Um, I mean, one, his production has to step up some. Um, he asked that that will help him earn more minutes, but the opportunity is going to be there for him now. I do think he's going to start seeing 28, 29, 30 minutes per game, and he'll see his production more or less match what he had last year, which he's only a notch below that right now. But but he'll return to last year's value, maybe maybe even eclipse it. So he is the one guy 
who I like the most. And, and Hardaway Jr. is another guy who's really done well and, and for the Hawks. He's another guy who will probably see a slight uptick in value. Now let me ask you, what if Dunleavy stays in Atlanta? Are you concerned about basically everything you just said if Dunleavy does, in fact, stay there? Dunleavy will not play for this team. Like He, he, he will get filler minutes, but he's not going to be a regular part of the rotation. Yeah. If you're, if you're Dunleavy, are you calling your agent going, um, I thought we had a no trade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like... I would argue I mean, there's a good chance that he gets cut, um, yeah. that he gets released, and, and that's probably what he wants. Yeah, and and you then know he can you at least choose. Then he can at least choose, right? Right. Then he can at least choose. I mean, wing wing depth or just wing players in general are hard to find. Dunleavy is obviously at the bottom of of the wing players in the NBA at this point in his career. Um, let's talk about Paul Millsap because it's kind of fun. Um, I mean, Woj said that he's literally on deck and team Atlanta multiple, shopping. Multiple sources. Multiple, multiple sources. sources. Um, Ken, I, I want to talk about where do you think he could go, where do you think would be a good yeah. fit, and then, Shannon, if you want to follow up with if Millsap leaves, and let's just assume it's like a similar deal where they get garbage in return, who would step up in the front court for Atlanta? You know, it's interesting, too. I didn't know this until I looked at it. Millsap's actually a year older than Al Horford. And uh, because his tenure experience will cost a lot more in free agency this year than Horford last year. But uh, I assume Denver and Toronto are the two places. You know, what I'm not clear on is, you know, who wants to gamble and assume they can keep them, you know, at the end of the year. I don't know. You know, sometimes there's that trade and they give them a window to negotiate an extension. I have no idea if Millsap's open to that or not, though. Um but clearly Toronto just desperately needs some front uh front court scoring. Uh uh Malone in Denver has been ranting about the lack of veteran leadership on that Nuggets team and they clearly got they need to trade some quantity for quality. So those seem like the two biggies for me. I do wonder about Boston. I you know Hor- boy, Horford and Millsap sure played well together. No idea what their relationship was like in Atlanta. Um but they certainly have the assets. And you can never trust Sacramento. Who knows what the hell the Kings are ever going to do any given day. It, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this because Atlanta is in first place in the Southeast right now. <laughs> um, but I agree. I think this is the right move for him. I would actually argue uh, Portland would be a good landing spot mm, um, yeah. for, for yeah. Millsap. Um, Utah would not be a bad one. Um, and Boston is always going to be one of the bigger ones. Uh, th- those are three that, oh, I'm sorry, the fourth would be Toronto. Um, I think Boston and Toronto are the most obvious fits, with Portland being the third most. When you say Utah, are you thinking that they're, they've are they they've turned negative on favors? He's certainly yes. been injured and dinged up, but you think they... That's def- there's, there's growing concern that perhaps a front court of favors and Gobert just doesn't quite work out that well. Um, and obviously they're a really good team with both of those players on the court, but again, you're trying to get optimal. And so in the same way that we're looking at the Clippers and saying, oh, maybe those big three shouldn't play together. Well, they're really, really good, but are the best, are they the best, uh, you know, trio you could ever put together? Yeah. No, they're certainly not. And I think Utah might be coming around to maybe favors and Gobert, both really good and together they're, they create a pretty good team, but is it the best team they could put together? Maybe not. There, there's well, plenty of other teams that I think would be – the thing about power forward is there's actually a lot of teams that could use a power forward like Millsap. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument for the Rockets. Um, he would be great on Oklahoma City. So it, there's tons of different options. Even, even a team like Minnesota that wants veteran presence, um, I could see them yeah. 
you know, trading Gorky Jang for, for someone like Mill and so, uh, some other kind of package for someone like Millsap. You know, in the East, I I also look at teams like Chicago. Uh, I think they would love to have Butler and, and Millsap as two pieces to build around moving well, forward. Well, that's a good that's a good way, segue, Shannon. And let me just say yes. real quick: if Millsap does go away from Atlanta and Atlanta mostly gets picks in return and not a, another player, Mike Muscala will be a major target. He's somebody who's a great uh, per minute producer. So if Mike Muscala finds his way into the starting lineup, I would definitely suggest targeting him and in. in Quite a quite a few leagues, uh, maybe even fourteen team leagues. He's pretty good when given the minutes. Um, but Ken, that's a good sh- segue. Uh, Shannon gave us a great segue into Jimmy Butler. Um, what have you heard about him lately? Well, Rick Butcher of uh, Bleacher Bucher. Sorry, I always butcher. Well, I, I butcher all the names, but uh, Bucher of uh, Bleacher Report reporting the Bulls are really shopping Jimmy Butler. We know there were some rumors of this last year. I kind of find it hard to believe, just in that he's kind of on the discount pre cap max deal versus the you know the crazy uh money they're throwing around now he's kind of seems like a bargain but uh you know i guess the league sources were saying the bulls aren't sure they can win around with him obviously the bulls after a hot start have really leveled off but i just find it very hard to believe he's he's kind of you know for superstar value he's kind of on a relatively cheap contract do you guys believe that he's really available they would have to get a massive return to move him so we're talking like Minnesota trades Andrew Wiggins for him, um, and and there would obviously be other pieces like Ricky Rubio mixed in, um, but it would have to be something along those lines. And I, you might have to take take Rondo, right? That's possible. Um, I, I I wouldn't envision Rondo sticking around on either team. Um, you know, if <laughs> right. Rondo if Rondo somehow stays with the Bulls and they move Butler, they're going to wave him or figure out another landing spot for him. Minnesota, there's no way they would take him on. Yeah, so the funny thing is that there were reportedly already deals in place for this to happen with Minnesota, and um, you know it was a whole Zach Levine versus Andrew Wiggins thing. I think Minnesota kind of wanted to give up Levine and not Wiggins, and now it's kind of funny if you look at it, now they might actually think the reverse. So perhaps if Chicago is still interested in Wiggins, I sure as heck think uh, Minnesota would be, especially if you look at their coach, Tibbs. Um, right, I just wondered right. why it was Jimmy Butler. Um and again, Andrew Wiggins is one of those guys that you kind of, kind of turn your head a little bit, and you're like, "Wait a minute, is he actually good? I can't really tell." He well, and they're shockingly, and they're shockingly still not winning. It's driving yeah. me nuts, as prior old man rant uh, attested to. Did you guys know that Rick Bucher is my voice doppelganger? We sound exactly like. I did know that. You did I've know heard, that. Yeah, I've heard him on the radio many times. Hmm. All right, selfish plug there. Me and if, if Rick Bucher ever like you know needs Separated a, a body double, a voice double, I could step in him for no problem. Nobody would ever know. You're way more handsome than he is. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I, I would like to see Jimmy Butler move. The the big thing and the last thing I'll ask you, Ken, is I think that Fred Hoiberg, the coach of Chicago, would be first to go before Jimmy Butler. Now that's not to say that Jimmy that Butler would make more go, sense to me. But I'd I, certainly rather build around Butler than Hoiberg. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> and so that's that's the thing catching me up here is like, yeah, I understand that Butler could be on the market, but it seems like they would try a new coach out before they get rid of Butler. My guess is Hoiberg's gone either way. Yeah, he's yes. got to be the he's got to be on the hottest hot seat. Um, there was not a clear kind of uh, coach for that. A couple months ago, but now it, it's clearly Fred Hoiberg. He, you know, if you're looking at Vegas odds, he might be the first first one to go. Uh, last bit of news here, Ken, out in L.A. Oh yeah, Chris Paul is doubtful for for, for tonight. So uh, there was some early optimism this week that the, he'd come back, but uh, 
Paul with his hamstring issues. Uh, The 31-year-old has missed seven of his last eight games, but he is not playing tonight. Or, I'm sorry, doubtful. Doubtful for tonight. So certainly check RotoWire's daily lineups uh, before the deadlines if you're playing DFS tonight and have interest in Paul. Austin Rivers. You know, we we talked about this, Shannon. Who steps up? Is it Austin Rivers? Is it Raymond Felton? Is it Jamal Crawford? I personally have had trouble targeting which one it is. However, it seems to be one each night and not everybody every night. Yeah, it it varies from night to night, so it's tough. I, I usually go with whichever one was uh, the worst in the previous game is the one I'll go with the next game. <laughs> I've got a couple big news items that just surfaced. Uh, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving are... Well, Kevin Love will play on Friday, and Kyrie Irving is probable for Friday's game. Right. Mm. Well, Irving missed two, right? I think Irving missed two at least, maybe three. Anyway, yeah, good that they're, good that they're back. Yesterday afternoon, the early returns on the All-Star voting, now this is just the fan vote, basically online and on Twitter and whatnot, were released. Obviously, the big surprise is your boy Zaza, Ken, coming in <laughs> second place in the front court in the Western Conference. Apparently, a few uh, you know BayArea.coms have figured out a way to rig the online uh, voting because, yes, Zaza Pachulia... A favorite of Bucks fans as well, right? Uh, he is second in the front court uh, for Western Conference, ahead of Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, and that's ridiculous. That's my best, Derek DeMarcus Cousins. Let me try that again. Ridiculous. There's something to do. I know I read this last year because he almost made the All Star team last year with the fan vote as well. And it's something to do with his home country, and they do this really big, like he gets a really big push in in, in foreign votes, essentially, from them. Um, so that's a big part of it. Transylvania. Uh, Transylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then uh, his, obviously, his tie, you know, he's on the Golden State Warriors, so that's going to give you a bump, too. Um, there's no way he holds on to that. Yeah, so here, here's what I want to talk about. So newly changed this year, um, the fan vote is only 50%. In terms Good. of who starts. Fans are stupid. We are stupid. Right. Good. Yeah, we are done. I, I admit it. 25% <laughs> is a select media group, so not the entire NBA media. Um, and then the other 25% is players. And that's the wild card here. So if you guys remember a couple years ago when Steph Curry won the MVP and then the players decided to have their own awards that they voted on, they gave it to James Harden because – Steph Curry isn't necessarily the most well-liked guy among his comrades. The way he's putting up points, his rise uh, to, to stardom and whatnot hasn't necessarily sat well um, in comparison to James Harden, who maybe, um, you know, it, it, just, it, it just seems that maybe well, Steph when Curry you Well, when you look at James Harden's defense, right, you got to give him. Right, you got <laughs> yeah, to love Harden a little bit more. Um, you know, Harden's That's been sarcastic. doing it arguably for a little bit longer. Curry, if you look at his numbers last year, was like the first year where he really broke out. Otherwise, you know, he was just kind of your above average guard player. And so I'm thinking that perhaps in the player vote, Curry could really suffer where you could see somebody like a Westbrook and Harden really separate themselves in the player vote away from Curry. So Curry's top right now, but as it stands in the fan vote, um, Zaza Pachulia would start over Russell Westbrook, and obviously we know that's not going to be the case when the other 50% comes in, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, those, uh, I don't know how you decide between Curry, Harden, and Westbrook to start. Uh, I'm not really a big all-star uh, guy fan. Uh, I do enjoy oddities like Zaza being number two, but uh, I don't really care. I, you know, my worry is 
any of those guys just getting hurt in the game. I don't want anyone from the Celtics getting major minutes. Uh, but, you know, on the positive, hey, you guys got to be happy about Giannis, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's gigantic. Giannis, it'll be great. Um, I, I'm really excited to see Giannis and LeBron play together. It'll be fun. Just two ridiculous talents sitting out there, bringing the big dudes, bringing the ball up court. It'll be fun. Um, the one thing on the East that I don't like is Dwayne Wade is sitting top two in guard play yeah. in guard uh, voting right now. Yeah. Um, him and Kyrie Irving is atop the the guard votes for the East. How uh, is Lowry sixth? I think it, that's terrible. He's can, waiting for they, Bieber to tweet out. They don't have uh, good internet access in Canada. <laughs> hey, Toronto is our third b- biggest city market. You better be careful. So, but I mean, how does it? But how is DeRozan even ahead of Lowry? That doesn't make any sense at all. It you doesn't. Know, uh, uh, that team's nothing without Kyle Lowry. By the way, I, I, you know, I, I'm tired of Raptor fans whining about how they don't they're uh, underappreciated. Uh, it, it's practically a one man squad. Um, Unless they get Paul Millsap, but Lowry at six is absurd, and Dwayne at two is even crazier. I have to imagine someone steps up and usurps Dwayne Wade for the second guard spot at forward. I really want to see Joel Embiid, who's fourth behind Kevin Love. Um, I want to see him step up and get into the top three and be a starter um, on the West. Now, I on the West side with guards, you got Curry, Harden, Westbrook, one, two, three. They're all actually pretty close, though. I would imagine by the time it's finalized, Harden and Westbrook, if they continue on the path that they're currently on, they're going to be the two starters at guard. Curry will drop. I don't think that's necessarily because Curry's not respected by his peers because in that, in that player of the year vote, uh, my guess would be he was probably second in yeah. player voting behind <laughs> Harden that year. Um, it, it's not necessarily about him being disliked by his peers, but just more, more so the fact that Harden and Westbrook are having historic seasons similar to what Curry did last year. Um, so those two have to be the starters. It's got to happen. I agree. It has to happen. Um, we'll keep, we'll continue to monitor this. They, they, you know, they give out the returns maybe once or twice more before. And then again, this is only 50%. So we'll keep our eye on it, but, um, I believe it's still the same where, um, this collectively, this hundred percent decides the starters and then the coaching staff. And then I think Adam Silver or something like that gets to do the reserves. So justification will be had. It's only if, uh, a weird starter gets in like Zaza could get in as a starter, but of course the coaching staff, Adam Silver um, are not going to add him as a reserve. Uh, I think he might get added to the NHL all-star game. Right. Exactly. (laughs) From Transylvania. Zaza. (laughs) All right, guys, we already know you love fantasy. So we know you'll love playing fantasy on draft draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season long league. On Draft, it's draft day every day. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last just for one day, and they take only minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, play for money. Shannon and I love to play for money. Get this, your chances of winning money on Draft are almost three times better than your chances of winning on FanDuel or even DraftKings. If you're playing if you're playing fantasy for money and not spending hours a day doing it, you absolutely should be playing on Draft. I know my favorite part so far diving into that app is is just basically doing a draft over. For me, the fantasy season arguably the best part is doing a draft, and so Definitely. the fact that you only get to do it one time a year. Um, 
this is where Draft steps in. You can do one every day, and you can do one multiple times a day. Uh, join me. Download Draft now. Just search Draft in the App Store, and it will come up first. Be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE, all caps, ROTOWIRE, when you download, and you will get a 100% bonus up to $600 when you deposit. Again, search Draft in the App Store, and be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE, all caps. Ken, it's time for your crazy old man rant. Why didn't Atlanta rebuild at this time last year? Atlanta was in the same exact position they are now. Well, not quite exact. They're 21 and 15 now. They were 20. I'm sorry. They're 20 and 16 now. This time last year, they were 21 and 15, but still little chance of joining the East elite. Corver was looking old last year. Al Horford was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. They chose to kind of cling to hopes that things would improve, maybe pray for some Cleveland injuries that never happened. And clearly, they wrongfully thought they could keep Big Al. And what did they get? Nothing. Al Horford walked out the door, of course, to Boston, and they got nothing for it. I think, you know, uh, clearly they learned their lesson, lesson this year. But uh, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. but am I crazy to believe Atlanta screwed up by not rebuilding this time last year? No, you're not crazy. And I actually, I think they tried. I think their asking price for Horford was just too high. Um, there were there were rumors out there that they're asking Boston for a first round pick in return, um, and and if you're Boston, it, they chose they chose right. You know they decided to wait and just pursue Horford in free agency. So yep. that that was the difference. Now this year, I one I think I think Millsap's got a maybe has a little bit more value than Horford, um, hmm. and two. I'm not sure. He, he's got a player option for next year. Very, very. He's gonna yeah, there's that, no way he's going to decline it. In this yeah, he's, he's walking. No he's matter leaving. where he goes. No matter where he goes, he's declining it. Yeah, I don't know if there's some way they can work out, kind of get some kind of guarantee with, with Millsap on an extension um, as part of the deal. But, yeah, they should have rebuilt last year. Yeah, they should have done it last year. You're, you're totally right, Ken. You're, you're spot on here. And I think they're, they feel burned by the Al Horford thing, and that's why that – they want to be the first ones out there on this trade market. They don't want to wait until the right. day of the trade deadline. A couple of trades happen, and they realize, oh, wow, those trade suitors are out the door. They are at the front of the market. They're ready to go. They're ready to get going because, like you said, they got burned last year. It's not going to happen two years in a row. But, again, they're a year late. They should have done this last year. Yeah. Good point. Now, now uh, certainly uh, – your team, DJ, would never have made this mistake, right? OKC, as soon as they sense someone's not staying, they ship them out the door. So, do you do you sort of do you, I was just say do you feel some sympathy for Atlanta? It sounds like no. You think they should have rebuilt, but uh, no, I, I think they should have rebuilt. I know you're referring to trading away James Harden for freaking Kevin Martin and right, right. Jeremy <laughs> Lamb and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they're probably a little bit too early. Um, a little bit too early on Oklahoma City's part, but Atlanta, I think, here's the, here's the tough thing, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, they're still actually, and, or Shannon, you mentioned, like, they're, the, they're leading the Southeast Conference right now, and so it's admittedly hard for you to give up on something like that um, when you have, I was going to say people in the stands, but you don't have them in the stands anyway, so maybe that makes it a little bit easier. There's something to be said for having a good culture, a good environment for the whole season long. If you don't make it far in the playoffs, 
you know what, there's 82 games and they, they are an entertainment industry. And so having a good team is, is not necessarily a bad thing, even if you're making the playoffs every year but not doing anything in the playoffs. There's still something to be said for that. So it's, it's hard to, to break away from that, and I think that's probably why they didn't move last year, but now they're, they're starting to do it. Well, and they're, they're in the same position as last year. Um, really, it is just one Cleveland injury away from them, them being potentially the East representative in the finals. But they would get swamped in the finals by anyone. I, or well, if well, it, if swept it, like, swept like Cleveland yeah. swept them last year. You know, it, it wouldn't. Swept be, it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. So, so you're basically you're hoping for uh, a LeBron James injury, uh, a Stephen Curry injury, a Kevin Durant injury, and maybe a couple <laughs> other injuries um, for you to, to for you to actually win a championship. So, and with a team like Golden State, legitimately to beat them, Atlanta would need like two two. Two, two injuries. injuries. Yeah. Well, though, you speak about entertainment. I can't think of anyone more entertaining than Mike Dunleavy. <laughs> uh, all right, shoots. <laughs> Let's finish up with some Friday FanDuel talk here. Um, Shannon, the first guy you have on your radar, player worth $4,700. Sean Kilpatrick. Uh, you know, he's... I've gone back to this well many times. Um, Jeremy Lin continues to be sidelined, so I like I like Kilpatrick in that situation. He also does well on a permanent basis. Uh, he faced Cleveland about 12 days ago, and in 21 minutes he had 27 fantasy points. I don't expect the game against Cleveland to be close tonight. Um, so even if Kilpatrick's coming off the bench like he did on Thursday – uh, he'll probably get plenty of run, and he'll have opportunity to fill it up. He had 33 points against Indiana on Thursday. I'm not really worried about it being a back-to-back set for him. Um, hopefully he gets that 25 to 30 minutes and, and provides decent value at $4,700. Ken, looking at point guard, you've got Alfred Payton, who's put a couple nice games together. He's moved back into the starting lineup going against Houston tonight. Yeah, I may regret, you know, now that Beverly's healthy, I may regret this, but Payton... Yeah, I think the news is, yeah, back in the starting lineup, you know, the uh, scare him with DJ Augustine move seems to have worked. Uh, 32 and 42 fantasy points the last two games. 6,300 is pretty cheap. Not as great a deal as Sean Kilpatrick, but uh, I guess I'm just kind of riding the hot hand as Peyton's really produced now that he's in the starting lineup. I know you expressed caution um, with Patrick Beverly. After the last night's game, he came back from a wrist injury, and they were asking, you know, how does your wrist feel? And he said, you know, usually guys are like, it's all right, I'll be fine. He was like, it hurts like bleep. So it's possible he won't play tonight. <laughs> well, maybe so, he doesn't play, all right. Yeah, he might not play, so making your, your pick of Alfred Payton even that much better. I, I want to back this pick of Alfred Payton. I've currently got him in my lineup. Um, the one good thing about Alfred Payton is in tournament play, he's got a really high ceiling. He's hit 50 fantasy points twice in the past month, 40 fantasy points or more a couple times on top of that. So, I mean, there's some risk with him because just, just on the 1st of January, he had 15 points against Indiana, 15 points the, the game before that. So there's plenty of risk. He could throw up a dud, but he also has that high ceiling, which is why I like him for the tournament. Believe it or not, Alfred Payton might be the most expensive guy um, that we vouch for. I do want to get into some Bucks Knicks talk, but we'll save that for the end here. Let's go to your Houston pick, Shannon. $5,000, somebody that his usage rate not only on the court, but also on FanDuel, has risen over the last couple of weeks with the injury to Clint Capella. Yeah, Montrez Harrell, he, he's up to $5,000 now, so I'm a little bit more hesitant to use him. 
but he's still getting 30 minutes a game. You know, he's ha- he had one big 41 fantasy point outing. Most other games, he hovers somewhere between 20 and 29 fantasy points. You know, if you use him, it, it's a dart in a tournament play. You're hoping that he eclipses 30 fantasy points at $5,000. He should be able to do that. It's, it's a decent matchup for him um, against Orlando. We know it's going to be a fast-paced game. So I think he's a solid option if you're looking for a discounted center. So here's here's the trouble with me on using Montrez Harrell on most nights is that on FanDuel, you only get that one center position unlike the other positions. So if you're locking in Harrell, that means you're not going to tonight. You won't have Cousins. You won't have Towns, Gasol, Jordan, Brooke Lopez, somebody I know you like. Ken, I know you like Al Horford. If you go with Montrez Harrell, you don't get any of those guys. You only get one center. And so that never really sits well with me, even though Harrell has been kind of a bargain play of late. Well, let's go. Uh, but you're actually suggesting folks maybe go the other way. Who's the super cheap center you want to go for, D- well, DJ? In our show notes, I meant to put a couple of question marks around this because I really want to just talk about it. And maybe I want you guys to talk me out of it, perhaps. And that's Willie Reed uh, playing for Miami. He's playing at the Staples Center. The Heat are on this road trip, right? And we know they're decimated with injuries. Justice Winslow recently he had surgery yesterday, I believe, out for the season. Hassan Whiteside got poked in the eye. He's not allowed to fly. They're on a six-game road trip currently right now, so he's not with them. Really, I, I'm going I'm to get out of some rotowire business travel to start poking myself in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> no fly list for Ken uh, because of a poked eye. Uh, so... Willie Reed two games ago had a massive game and and Shannon and I can both vouch that he was in a lot of the winning lineups a couple of days ago not in our winning lineups 51 points and he's sitting at you know $4,100 it's hard for me not to go for him even though he started last night only played 23 minutes and gave you just under 50 fantasy points Shannon why should I not use Willie Reed when he could potentially give me 50 fantasy points for $4,100? The answer is James Johnson. And James Johnson sat out that big 51-point outing that Willie Reed had. Um, I believe he was dealing with an illness. Um, so he sat out that game. Willie Reed exploded, got about 10 more minutes, or sorry, 15 more minutes than he did the game before, even though he started both games. Um, but Johnson returned. And that following game, Reed went back to 10 less minutes, only put up 15 fantasy points or so, and Johnson was the value play in, in the Heat's front court. He's he's put up 30 points or more in three straight start, three straight games. He's probably going to do so again. They kind of like going small with Whiteside out because John, Johnson gives them good defensive presence. Well, they, don't have, else. they don't have an option. They, they don't have, have eight, anybody. eight active players, nine active players. Udonis Haslam is their backup center. That guy didn't think he would ever take off his warm-ups this whole year, and he's playing significant minutes off the bench. But, no, that's right. I think you're totally dead on there is that that's the only game that James Johnson hasn't played. Um, so I should stay away from well, Willie Reed. Let, let me build on that, though, Shannon. Would you rather have James Johnson, 5,500, than Julius Randle at 7,100? Julius Randle, few triple-doubles, uh, playing a pretty decimated heat squad. You know, only got two power forwards. Which, wh- how are you playing things tonight? It's tough. I'm actually debating between those two because um, Gorky Jang is, is another power forward I like. He, he is at 5,600. So I'm debating whether I go Jang and Randall or, or Jang and Johnson and do two value plays at power forward. Um, Randall certainly deserves the mention. I've been riding him the past week or so, um, in which he's averaged well over 35. He's averaged over 40 fantasy points per game um, since since Christmas. So he's been really good. Um, like you mentioned, he, he's 
He's turning into a triple-double machine. He's got two on the season already. Um, but he has – Randall's got 50-point upside. That, you know, for someone who's 7,100, uh, that's not always easy to find. So I, I do highly recommend him as well. It's a toss-up between him and James Johnson right now. If, if, if you have the money to spend, Randall's the obvious play. But if you're looking for a discount at the position, Johnson, Johnson would go. Let's stay in Miami and talk about the other other Johnson, Ken. Well, I just love Tyler Johnson, uh, who, for I don't know why they refuse to start him. Uh, obviously, they're going to keep running a, a limping Grogic out there, but he desperately need. Looks like we lost Ken. We lost. Um, oh, there he is. He's hey, back. You're back. Oh, oh did we, you not hear me? Let's reset. Let's reset Johnson, and we'll just cut that. I was like, just saying the the Heat with Winston out, the Heat desperately need Johnson scoring. Uh, yeah, for you know they're still treating him as a six man, but you know production across every category. He's only sixty one hundred. I have I'm pairing him with Peyton at my point guards tonight. I don't mind that if you start if you start your point guards with Peyton and Johnson, you're gonna have a lot of room to work elsewhere. No, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Harden. I'm looking at Porter. I'm looking at uh, Wiggins tonight, Randall and Dan- Draymond. Yeah, jo- Johnson, the only thing with Johnson, that he's been frustrating for me because I always target him when Dragic is out. Um, and those are the games where he seems to not perform as well. Um, well, you know, you know, Dragic kicks out to Johnson a lot. And, yeah. I, th- and I think we might yeah. have it in our head that Johnson is the backup point guard when in reality he plays more off the ball when Dragic mm-hmm. is, is this, on the court. Yeah. He actually does play better because Dragic gives him opportunities. Right, right. Um, Ken, you mentioned Otto Porter. That's one of my other options that I really like tonight. Um, you know, any, anyone who's been playing DFS this year knows that Otto Porter has a high ceiling. He's gone for 50 points a couple of times, had some big outings, routinely hits 30 points, but there's risk. Um, you know, he'll, he'll bounce from 15 points to 30 points, um, similar to what he's done the past two games. Uh, but I, I like the matchup against Minnesota, and the price point's hard to beat at 5,600. So... Shannon, I want to ask you about Carmelo Anthony. A couple of nights ago, so the Knicks and the Bucks are playing a home and home series. Usually, they're back to back games, but for whatever reason, they gave NBA gave these two teams a travel day in between. So, if you remember, Giannis hit the game winner, fadeaway jumper just inside the arc. There, Carmelo Anthony had a really good game uh, against the Bucks. Fifty five point seven Fanduel points. You were not high on him. I remember we talked specifically about Carmelo Anthony against the Buck. I told you he was in my lineup. You said, "All right, have fun with that." Do you think that you, you know, that I was right or you were right coming into this matchup? Are you, are you starting to give him a couple looks because again, he just went for fifty five against this Bucks team? I was looking at more small forwards against Milwaukee in recent recent games. Small forwards against Milwaukee, and there were a couple others. They they escape me right now, but there were a couple others who had big games against Milwaukee um, recently. The the problem with Carmelo on Friday, I've got I've got him and Giannis in my lineup. Those are my two expensive players. I might change that still to be determined. Um, basically, I'm hoping for them both to replicate their previous game where they both went. You know, they combined for like 100 fantasy points. The problem is, Porzingis is probably returning for Friday night. So if Porzingis is back, will Anthony be able to replicate that big, you know, 30 point, 11 rebounds, seven assist outing? I'm skeptical he will. So I you, might. You know when when the game. Knicks when the Knicks lose, they always blame Carmelo. <laughs> Just see that whiny quote he had the other day. When we win, it's about us, but when we lose, it's on me. Oh, poor Carmelo. That's what happens when you're the best player on the team. 
You get the biggest paycheck. You Shut up. Be, you should be happy that you're given that responsibility. But that's yeah. my take. I mean, essentially, there's never a bad time to target Carmelo. He's under eight grand. He's got 55 point upside, and he routinely hovers around 35 to 40 points. The problem is he throws up duds more than more than most guys who cost eight grand. All right, that's going to do it for Friday FanDuel DFS Talk. And that's going to do it for this pod, this Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod, sponsored by Draft, the snake draft platform where your chances of winning are three times better than on FanDuel or DraftKings. Ken, you want to get us out of here? Certainly. We're going to go with uh, Michael Jordan, the GOAT, uh, who said when the Bulls were struggling, <laughs> yeah, I love this quote, uh, I know what I would do if I were coach. I determine our strengths and weaknesses and utilize them. And it's pretty clear what our strength is. <laughs> Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.